0: If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Coran.
1: That's right, everybody. We are back. This is the HTML All The Things Podcast. This episode is actually an ad hoc episode. Mike had an episode written up about AI, which we are going to do hopefully next week. But instead, we decided to talk about, are we demanding too much from our web developers? And this stems actually from the Full Stack Struggles series, but it is not a part of that because we're talking not necessarily only about beginners, but there is going to be a big spin on that. And just as I guess as a basic synopsis, just so you understand what I'm talking about, what we're going to be discussing today is that I've been trying to learn all about frameworks. I do a lot of web development in small and medium business space, meaning vanilla like literally html css and js some of these sites are so simple i do something like a couch cms i'll do wordpress i'll do Webflow. those type of things and i'll help people out with those with those things and then some shared hosting you know pretty cheap hosting stuff the problem is is that now i'm trying to learn sort of modern web development so i have those skills in my toolkit and it kind of fell apart and today or last week mike and i had a conversation about how i actually believe that the learning experience for web developers right now is the worst that I've ever seen to the point where I, my actual rating is zero out of 10. And I'll explain why that is when we get there.
2: Yeah. We had a good conversation and I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's just record it because Matt's going through something that I think a lot of people are going through. Matt, just to explain a little bit further, Matt takes it to another level because he gets frustrated a little bit easier. And it just, it's just one of those things where like he, he will go to 10 on anger when most of us will like be angry and then just be angry right so it's really interesting to see him going through it and i just wanted to mention that to matt himself because like what you're experiencing is very normal this is how you learn it like this is the- you're literally going through the steps of learning the framework and unfortunately the reality is like you have to go through this like weird angry like pissed off like what the hell is this kind of documentation what the hell is this phase to get to a place where you're like okay i get it so you're gonna get there
1: this is this is the thing though and like i i i struggle with allowing it to be weird (laughs) if that makes sense and the reason why i say that is because so you and i learned Web development a long time ago, and I just realized I didn't do the second half of our intro, but screw it. We're, we're, we're on we're on a rant now. Like I'm, and now I'm angry. No, 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 I'm not. Calm down. But um, you and I learned web development back when it when vanilla was very common. HTML, CSS and JavaScript. And when we learned CSS, Flexbox was new. And there was, you know, really there really was discussion on whether people were going to be leaving tables, leaving the box or block model behind. And were, like, what were they going to do? for responsivity. And Flexbox was some people were embracing it, some people loved it, some people hated it. And it really kind of was the talk of a lot of blog posts and stuff at the time. But the point was, is that even though we were on the fence, along with all these posts, about whether Flexbox was going to be the next end all be all, because it was it was in its infancy. The thing that we could still do was still make a responsive website. And then we had the option to use Flexbox if we wanted to, because browser support was really picking up at that point. So we had the option to use it safely if we wanted to. We eventually learned it. And then I transitioned a lot of my CSS code to Flexbox. That to me is a, you know, it can be a frustrating process to learn Flexbox, of course, not understanding what justify content versus align content versus flex direction is, of course, trying to learn all that type of stuff. That's totally reasonable to get a little bit flustered or even be confused and spend some time trying to get into the, the the groove of this. My problem stems from so I'm using my full sex struggles episode. I'm doing the first project in that. If you've listened to that, and the first project I'm doing is just Svelte, not Svelte Kit, nothing, anything else, just Svelte. So I go in and I build a to do app from a tutorial in Svelte. I then sync that up to GitHub as the beginning of my repo, and I go okay. Now I'm going to put my own unique spin on it and I'm going to start doing some stuff. The very first thing I look up is, OK, I'd like to add a web page to, to Svelte. And I understand now that Svelte is a single a single page, this and blah, 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 blah. But all the resources were telling me, OK, this is what you do. You start out with a page router and you can do that either by adding Kit, which I was trying to avoid to keep it simple. Or you can go and use a thing called like Pages.js and there was a couple others as well. So I'm like, okay. So I go in through the guides and I try to get this pages.js working. And it's like, oh, you go in and you make a server file and you do this and that. And I'm using guides upon guides upon guides. I have about 10 guides open. Each of them are telling me different things. And I'm kind of culminating them together to get things working. I'm also using Copilot, which is the Bing AI. And I'm using all these things together to try to put this together. And I'm like, man, I'm configuring a server in a server.js file. And I'm convinced at this point that... (laughs) I'm using Vite, like I'm using Vite to, to, to have spun up my Svelte that Vite slash whatever is going on is not going to understand that I have a server JS file. It's not going to know to use it. Sure enough, it doesn't. So then I looked that up and it's like, oh, what you do is you go into Vite, you change the port. Okay. Change the port. Still nothing happens. And I'm like, okay. So then it's like, okay, well like try to do this. So I try to go and compile it or something or spin up a node server. The node server says, oh, it can't be in JS, SP, CJS. So I change it to CJS and it's like, oh, you know, general error or something like that. And I was telling Mike, I was like, the very fact that I wasn't doing something crazy, it is not crazy to want to add web pages to a web app. And the very fact that that right there was not clear that I'm installing multiple programs of which there are multiple options. And then Mike told, tells me, he says, well, Svelte, this is how I learned it. Svelte is a single page application, uh, sort of thing. It's like a a UI manipulator on one page, if you will. And that what you can do is you can sort of wipe the page clean and put new stuff up. Now, Mike and I did this in Cordova back in the day with Apache Cordova, but in, in Apache Cordova, that's how we were taught to do it by multiple guides. And so this is why I'm at I'm at this point where this meaning this meaning learning web development is so convoluted now because I'm not a fool when it comes to computers. I know what servers are. I know how to configure them. I know how to set them up. I know what cloud computers are. I'm not the most versed in any technology. I'm very much a jack of all trades, but I can get myself around a computer. Like for sure, I can troubleshoot hardware problems. I can troubleshoot software problems and I, I will have to reach out for help because again, I'm a jack of all trades. But the thing, the fact of the matter is that I couldn't add a web page, a page to my web app without being strung around a whole bunch of different guides and methods and use this router. No, use this router. No, try this. No, use V, use this. And then this is what really ticked me on. This is what made it a zero out of 10 was that. I was talking to Mike and Mike's like, you know what? Like maybe you should just use SvelteKit if you do want a page router. And I was on the fence as to whether I was just going to use the page wipe method. So like, you know, quote unquote, multiple pages, but it's actually one page in Svelte that just keeps getting wiped and rewritten. Or I was actually just going to use SvelteKit because I've used that before successfully with the plus page, blah, 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 page router that's built into it. I've used that before. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll use SvelteKit. I don't know. Let me do some research. I look up, okay, I want to do, I have Vite with just Svelte and I want to add SvelteKit. What do I do? And the only answer I found was that somebody asked the question on Stack Overflow. I can't remember whether they got any other answers, although I don't think any of them were actually helpful. And then they answered the question themselves saying what they ended up doing was just spinning up a new SvelteKit project, taking their files and then putting it into the new SvelteKit project. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm two questions in right now. How do I add a page? Disaster. And how do I go from Vite with Svelte? versus Vite with SvelteKit. And during my research, I was also trying to figure out, because to me, Vite was just adding like a templated project, which it kind of is. But I don't know if there's a development server in there. I don't really know what's going on. Remember, I'm new to this. So I am an idiot in this in this area. So I'm trying to learn it. And it is completely unclear. And I have no idea what's going on. I still don't really know what's going on with Vite. I just still don't know. And you could say, oh, you could... That's an afternoon. That's a, I hear this one a lot. That's an afternoon of googling. Well, thanks a lot, there, bud. But I have to know what to ask, and I have to read the right documentation because what happens if I did an afternoon of googling and read the completely wrong page router that I should be using? This is this is getting silly, and 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 I I hate it. <laughs> I,
2: yeah. So it, it, this is a difficult one because like I can hear two sides. Of our audience, one side is like they've been through this, they know it, and they're like, "Oh my god, this!" <laughs> like we, we understand what you're saying. Uh, here's how I did it, whatever. Like how they, they're just trying to they're trying to interject and try to tell Matt how to do it, right? Then the other side of our audience, the ones that are going through this right now, are are probably like, "Shit, yeah, we're we're in a bad spot." And yeah, I, I agree. Like I agree that it's, it's it's a bad spot to be in right now. As someone learning web development from scratch going from essentially like building HTML sites to CSS and then jumping into like learning a little bit of JavaScript. And from the, the jump from JavaScript to framework is becoming bigger and bigger, like bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, even with the simpler flame frameworks, like you can argue that Svelte is like easier to learn than something like react, uh, Even with that, again, like the jump like Matt is going through right now, it's just tough because there's just everything is thrown at you at once. Like, hey, write this command in your CLI, right? And then your Svelte app will be ready to go. In that command, there's like a hundred things that are happening at the same time. And all of it is all built for you. And you're taught not to worry about them, right? Like I personally, I've told Matt this, like, don't dive into the details here like you don't need to know v. you don't need to know what all these files are just focus on like one file at a time i still stand by that but the reality is as soon as something goes awry it everything gets thrown out the window right like matt has a very simple example of adding pay adding a router being able to navigate from one page to another in svelte that's a very simple example but there. In the Svelte documentation itself, there is nothing mentioning that because it doesn't support it, like because it's not supposed to be there. But the problem is, is that people that go into this field don't understand that it's not supported. Like that's not something that they're even thinking of as a possibility. So when they don't see it in the documentation, they're not thinking like, oh shit, like this isn't supported. This must be a single-page application builder. Uh, this is I, I should use look for something else. They're thinking like, oh, my God, maybe it's called something else. Maybe it's done by a third party. Maybe it's et cetera, et cetera. And then they go down these rabbit holes. Like someone that's doing this should not be like going into the V server and configuring the VT server. Like that's not what this Svelte is for. But no one's telling you not to do that
1: actually in fact they're telling me to do it and that's yes. why I did do it and luckily I understand servers in general so I did understand what I was doing I know what ports are I've I've done port forwarding and and firewalls at the enterprise level for years so I know what that stuff is but imagine if you didn't but even if you like
2: even if you do like you do know that none of that should have been you shouldn't have had to like go through hell and go through that to have figured out that that Svelte is a single-page application and what that means, right? Like maybe you've heard it before. You've probably heard Svelte as SPA multiple times. Maybe even during your course, they mentioned it offhand. But it's always offhand because it's such like as you're learning and when you've learned it and when you've used it a million times, it's such ingrained knowledge to you that you just – it's hard for you to teach it. And it's like this with every step that you take inside of framework development. Like just getting, let's say like you're just starting out on Windows and you're trying to install all this and you don't have Node installed, right? Like we've we've talked about this before. When you go to any, like pretty much any of these tutorials, people will be like, NPM install this, NPM install that. There is no mention of what NPM is. Where do you install? What's a terminal? None of that. And again, someone that's going from web developer that's just been doing like static JavaScript and HTML and CSS files, they've never needed all, any of this. That's true. Like, I know that some people are probably rolling their eyes right now and thinking like, oh my God, you don't know what a terminal is? You've been a web developer? That's, it's it's absolutely true that this this happens all the freaking time. And then they have to go through the whole process of figuring out Node and installing Node on their Windows machine. And then anyway, like, it's just... Every step of the way is becoming a challenge upon a challenge upon a challenge. Now, I wanna I wanna take this like I agree with you, Matt. And I I I I I share the passion in terms of like the fire of we're doing it wrong right now as an industry. We're doing it wrong in terms of getting people onboarded. We're doing it wrong in terms of having a, an easier, an easily accessible path to becoming a web developer. Or,
1: or an easily explained path. If if the, sure. if the path needs to be complex, then it should be explained because, like, again, adding a page to a website should prompt Svelte either official or, like, a, another blog, which maybe will do this, where it should say, oh, like, this is an FAQ. Like, we're adding a web page here. Stop talking in the developer terms of, like, oh, this is a route and this is a Svelte store. Like, hooray for your life. I would like to add a page to my site. I'm trying to learn. And how many times has that question been asked when someone goes and tries to upgrade or start their web development journey with Svelte, for example? And, I, and I'm using Svelte as the example, not because Svelte is necessarily the problem. There's a lot of views out there, React out there, all those other frameworks and libraries and all these plugins and yada, 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 yada. The problem is, is that they talk to the developers because the developers are their market. But I would, but you can almost say that someone who's just getting started isn't a developer in their knowledge base yet. So they're not talking to, like, they're asking you questions in not developer jargon. A beginner is not asking you questions in developer jargon. Therefore, when they Google things and everything's written in developer jargon, they're not asked, they may be, they may be asking the correct question, but they're not asking it in the right way. And even Google sometimes can't dumb it down. When I did the to-do app tutorial, I really liked the tutorial that I did because it was very long for what it was. But it was because it explained what what each thing was. Okay, we're doing this, and this is a prop, and we're doing this because we're uh, you know exporting the prop and exporting is like declaring it you know yada yada yada. It, it explained each of these things, and then I find out because I went into this basically blind that I accidentally did all this in Svelte three. And so it's like, okay, how do I go to Svelte four? And then I, I like, I didn't really know how to do it, so I looked it up, and it was like, oh, you actually can't. I think it was like, I, I think I did like a D get it or whatever it is, and it was like, oh, you can't actually do that that way anymore. The best way to do it is with, is with Vite. So it's like, okay, so I go through the Vite thing. Then it's like, okay, I guess I'm. So what I ended up doing was making a subfolder called Vite, putting everything in there, so it's now like another project running. Copying and pasting my projects inside the Vite folder to get it running, then deleting that other stuff, taking the subfolder and all of its contents, and putting that in the like. I understand that these are things, and and me knowing how to do that was not because of a guide. It's because I've I've done websites for a long time and used computers and servers, and I understand how config files and stuff like that work. But the 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 fact of the matter is, there is no consumerization of the development field to the point. Where I would honestly argue that the developer experience is bad. I watched a guy on YouTube one time years ago where he was he was talking about how quick it is to get started with any framework or library or, you know, plug And so he had – I think it was – this is years ago, so I might be wrong on some of this. But he had one on Svelte, one on uh, React. And I think he was just starting one on view and it was – he did a rapid fire thing. So I believe it was a capture of a, of, a, of a live stream. He had never done this stuff before and he just goes in. He goes, OK, this is probably what this means and he starts installing and this and that and this and that. But he's coming from the mentality of having worked with these frameworks potentially I would imagine for years. And so when he goes from one to the other to the other to the other, the mentalities are are similar And so therefore, he's able to transition between them the same way that Mike and I always say you should learn like the the base JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript, is he's going from, from framework to framework trying to show how easy it is to go between them and how he's never seen Svelte before or he's never seen Vue or he's never seen React or whatever the videos were and that he's able to spin up in them super quickly. It's like, fantastic. But you're using jargon that I don't understand. And I understand that there's definitely going to be some people in the audience that are going to be a little more elitist that might be thinking, Matt, you're an idiot. Just sit there and learn it and shut up and like, stop telling us about this. But what I'm saying is, is that there's a hole in the teachings because even if it's taught, there's going to be struggles. Like people aren't even going to know what a page is. For example, if someone comes and has never done any web development and they decide they're going to start with Svelte, they might not even know how to ask how to do another page. They might be like another screen, another monitor, like then that's a, that's a, even another step removed. But I'm a person that has made websites professionally for years and I can and I don't know how to add a page. And it takes me an entire evening just to figure that. And then I have to talk to Mike. Mike's like, oh, just like make this little page switcher thing, which is what I ended up doing in, in Svelte, which is, again, just like what we did in, in Cordova. Why wasn't there a guide or somebody mentioning that? Like, I would almost argue that that's important enough to be in the official Svelte documentation where it's it's in the FAQ section. It doesn't have to be right at the front. It doesn't have to be multiple pages. You can literally say, Svelte does not support multiple pages. It is a single page application program or framework, whatever you want to say. And that in order to do this, it is commonly, you can you can use some of these commonly used uh, routers. And this is how these work. Or you can use SvelteKit. Alternatively, if you must only use Svelte, which is one of the restrictions I'm trying to adhere to in my own learning, then you can use a page switching mechanism that you make where you just wipe the page clean and put another thing in. Once you tell me that, then I go, Oh, okay. How do I wipe the page? Now I'm asking the right question. I shouldn't have to go through another person and talk to like, for just to add a page.
2: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's tough. Um, so the Svelte documentation, if you go through the introduction does, Mention some of this stuff. It does it maybe in a little bit too jargony of terms. I I kind of agree there, but it's tough. Like it's it's really difficult because I want to I want to do a little bit of devil's advocate here. Web development has gone from creating web pages, static websites, and that being hard enough, right? Like creating your business card websites, creating your e-commerce websites. That that was hard back in the day. to now being the be-all end-all of an entire company's infrastructure, start to finish, right? A lot of times before, back in the old days, uh, you would have a website. You usually would have all your marketing material, maybe your information about your team. Then you would have an application for your for your business of some sorts, whatever you're doing online. You would have a, an app in the App Store or an app in like a window, like a Windows EXE or whatever. And... Those would be separate things, right? Like you would never think about doing all your business logic on the web. This has drastically shifted. Apps are being less and less used in terms of like native iOS, Android, Windows apps. And everything is now shifting towards, hey, let's just do it in one code base on the web, all our marketing, all our like business infrastructure, all our backend stuff. Essentially, all of our dashboards, all of our like internal intranet stuff, all of our customer-facing acquisition stuff, like everything is becoming web-oriented faster and faster and faster. An entire company's infrastructure runs through like a website with different domains, different subdomains. This has put a ton of strain on web developers. And so where we could jank together a you know an e-commerce site and all the other like you know basic sites with a little bit of interactivity with something like PHP back in the day and just pure javascript or jquery all of that has started to become more difficult to do because of the scope the increasing scope of everything that we have to do right how much interaction we need how do we, like, how people interact with the website through their phones and through internet and through their browser and through, like, their desktops? How many APIs you need to consume just to get, like, one piece of content in there? Like, everything has become more complex. So all of these frameworks that have been, that are being developed, Svelte View, React, Next.js, uh, Nuxt, Svelte Kit, like, everything is designed to solve those higher end issues, the issues that I'm talking about are like the infrastructure level stuff, like the, I'm building my entire web, web web presence or my, our entire business's web infrastructure on the web, right? Like I'm building everything from intranet to outranet and whatever, like internet. What happens is, is that when you're going now from JavaScript developer to framework developer, you're not learning how to, you know, change a button and add a page, what you're mostly learning now is like, how do how do I do backend APIs? How do I connect to an API? How do I do authentication now? How do I do a million other things that just were a lot more custom before and weren't really almost expected of web developers? Like I remember there was a very distinct difference between a front-end and a backend developer where you were, when you, when you were a front-end developer, you were building UIs. Like you you were like, using Flexbox all the time and you were using grid and you were using whatever, whatever was available. And then you were like adding a button that would essentially do an API, like do a call to a backend developer that was working in PHP or Java or whatever that was doing all of the logic back there. All the business logic was handled on the backend. And the front end was just doing the, the front end, right? Like it was just doing, hey, like, I'm, I'm displaying the stuff that's, I, that's being sent to me from the backend, but that's it. Like I don't have to parse it. I don't have to do anything with it. And then like a little bit here and there, but now it's like, okay, I'm pressing a button on the front end. I'm passing it to another file in my same repository that will then do all the business logic. That file will then connect to the database that will do all the, you know, data entry back and forth. Then you have to represent all the loading states, all of the error states, everything that could possibly go wrong, anything that could possibly go right. Right. To the user, there has to be some sort of progressive enhancement to the user so that the user knows that they did something. And then something has to happen at the end of that cycle. Like all of that is now on one, on the web developer's shoulders, all of it, start to finish, right? Setting up the database connections, setting up the backend interactions with the database, the security of the database, setting up the front end to press the button, designing, like laying out the front end, maybe not designing it. Designers are still pretty uh, popular, but like... uh, That's what these frameworks are solving. Like how, like that's the scope. It's not like, Hey, I need to press a button and change a page. No, it's I need to press a button and go through 15 different interactions to get one piece of data back to the user so that it's stored in 15 different places. Like it's become complex. It's become stupidly complex to be, to be a web developer. And because of that, every piece of technology that's added is trying to help it, but it's also making it increasingly different, difficult for someone to transition to that part to the framework developer because the jargon is just getting it's getting out of hand like it, it, it's getting out of hand
1: i'd almost argue that it would even be harder for someone who has never touched web development at all to go into it because i can at least look at like a svelte project in terms of looking at it in the directory in the file system inside of that folder and i can generally tell what's going on but people who don't even know what src is like an SRC folder is, they would be like, what is going on here? What is a config file? You know, like there, those are legitimate questions from absolute beginners.
2: So one argument I have for that, and this is something that goes against all of our principles, Matt, like the the three pillar principles, is a lot of new developers, the ones that are going through boot camps, the ones that are going into like trying to be a developer as fast as possible, will actually skip a lot of those fundamentals that we talk about that you should learn mm-hmm. and dive right into like building your first app and react. Right. And what that does is that your mindset is a little bit different going through that process of learning where you're just inherently like being forced to use this weird framework model all the way through that it becomes not easier. I wouldn't say it's easier, but you just have like you know, like you get to a point where you're just like, this is my life. Like my, like all of these jargony words, everything. Like I can build, I can spin up an app, spin spin up an app in two seconds because that's how it is now, right? Like you use Vercel. Every everyone, all the new developers that I talk to are on the same thing. On they're, they're using Serverless. They're spinning up their apps with their CLIs and they're spinning it up hosting it on Vercel and they're all doing it through all these different tutorials that teach them how to go from like nobody to doing a framework. How, my, but, how much of their apps do they understand? That's the question. It's like, I, I how, that's a big what question, happen- right? What happens when there's a problem? Like what happens when you need to debug something? That's not just, you know, button doesn't click. Right. As soon as you get to that point, it, I don't know. It doesn't fall apart for everyone. I want to make this clear. Some people are just like, inherently okay going this route. And I've seen it. I've seen it myself with other people. But there's some that like, when you skip the fundamentals and what the actual language is running on, it becomes more difficult to go back and figure out the fundamental layers that it's running. So when something goes wrong, you have no idea if that's the JavaScript problem or is that a React problem, right? Like it's the same thing with like, if you only learn Tailwind, and some developers only learn Tailwind now, like they will skip CSS, which is also crazy. But you start to get to the point where, like, this you think that it's a Tailwind problem, but in fact, it's this is a CSS problem, right? Like you're missing the point of Tailwind when you skip it, when you skip CSS completely. So like it does become a problem, but to be fair to those people and to be fair to some to, to those to that method. I think it is a little bit easier to wrap your head around frameworks, (laughs) diving into frameworks right away rather than learning traditional web development and going into a a framework because the paradigm is so different that like it's just – it almost like stunts you a little bit because like as a front – like again, as a front-end developer, you're just thinking about like how do I make this work on the front-end and then all of a sudden you're thrown into like everything. Like the entire freaking pack.
1: So we've talked about obviously or you mentioned that like the market has really changed quite a bit and that intranet sites and a lot of company infrastructure is being done on web technologies, whether the servers are internally hosted by IT personnel on site or whether it's being done, um, you know, through your distributed like consumer facing apps or or, uh, put out through PWAs or uh, obviously web apps, websites, those type of things. But let me ask you this, is how much has the information changed? So what I mean by that is, yes, the demand is different. That now there's sites going everywhere. There's websites going everywhere. But at the end of the day, many apps are just look at pictures, like things, comment. And if we really break that down, it's like liking is like checking a checkbox or like clicking a radio button, I guess, in a way, like or dislike, if you have to answer one of them and then filling in a text box and showing that text after you've posted it. And that is the same, those same principles with many others. I'm obviously oversimplifying. But those same principles exist through all these sites. And I've had very brief kind of conversations on one of our recent social media posts that have got me thinking, you know, the old way of web development also had its fair share of messes. Like the traditional sort of vanilla way back in the day, too. So, you know, before ES6 and all that with JavaScript um, had its fair share of problems with Internet Explorer and browsers not being on the same page, meaning literally even Internet Explorer from one version to another not being on the same page and things like that. Like, there's I'm not trying to say that it was easy back then and it's hard now, but I guess what I am saying is that the, the way that we manipulate information has not really changed all that much. There's a reason why WordPress. Has been has been sticking around for all these all these years. And has WordPress undergone a lot of changes? Yes. But if you took somebody from an earlier version of WordPress, like even 10 years ago to now, would they notice a difference? Yeah, but they'd probably still recognize it as WordPress. It's not like we've gone from using keyboards and using mice and filling in in text boxes to having neural links connected to a neural network that goes into our how you know what I mean? Like we we our computing style as humans. And our way of processing, inputting, outputting and displaying information is still really similar. And so my 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 kind of my problem is, is that are we overcomplicating this because it's like, oh, what we'll do is we'll 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 go to these frameworks because these frameworks and these libraries and all these other things, because it's easier for teams to get on the same page. It's it's faster to spin things up other than having to manually do things. A famous one from back of the day is doing jQuery AJAX requests versus doing it in vanilla JavaScript. That's a famous one where there's a heck of a lot of lines and it's pretty convoluted in, in vanilla JavaScript because you're basically constructing the AJAX request, whereas jQuery does it in a more English friend in a, in a more like written in English friendly way. Right? That's an example, one example that can be applied to many concepts that these frameworks and these plugins and libraries cover. For sure. And so, what the point I'm trying to make is, is that are we going toward a a place where we're overcomplicating? And are we, and we mentioned this before the show, are we almost creating a technical oligarchy where the people that get over the hump, of which the hump keeps getting steeper, get over the hump and they get into the mentality and the learning of web development? Are those people now so far gone? from the junior developer or from the person, the prospective junior developer, maybe even like, you know, just a weekend coder that's like, oh, I'll try this web development thing. Not going to take it too serious. And I'm not saying like they're the oligarchs that are like stealing the money and blah, blah, blah. What I'm trying to say is in skill. Are we at that point where like if I spent 10 years learning frameworks, which is probably even too much at this point, because I don't even know how old React is anymore. I don't really track these things on a calendar. But like, let's say I do have 10 years of experience in this stuff. My mentality for web development is completely going to be pretty well framework-based. I'm going to have a base understanding on my HTML, CSS, JS, because that's where I started, but I'm more or less going to be framework-based. I am going to struggle, and Mike has mentioned this, and we've mentioned this on the show several times. I am going to struggle to, de- to describe a base concept to a junior developer. And I don't mean a base concept as in something like declaring a variable. I mean a base concept as in why are we using components? Why are we using the CLI? Why is there node? But then node has this package manager thing and npm is kind of like an app store, but it's almost invisible because there's, you know, there's no windows store or app store user interface. It's very kind of behind the scenes. And then we're using git, which we could use a, a UI, but that, you know, people look down on that because it's easier so then we use the get like do you you know what i mean like like this is a very difficult mentality to get into and so are we forming this oligarchy of once you're in and you continue to upgrade your knowledge of course and continue to use the knowledge and engage with it and understand it are you incapable or maybe you don't care to go that far back before it was just a little bit of like Oh, hey, I can refresh the page easier without actually refreshing the page. Like Ajax was that, right? Ajax was that cool, like, whoa, I can update my table without actually refreshing the page for once. That's cool. You know, and that's a different mentality, but it's one concept. Going from ES5 to ES6 in JavaScript itself, in vanilla JavaScript, there's new concepts. Going from... Older CSS to newer CSS as different properties get adopted by the different browsers and get supported, you can start using these newer properties. And it's like, whoa, I can do a little bit of image manipulation now, like blurring and blah, 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 on in CSS instead of doing it, you know, in another program and then like exporting from Photoshop and all the rest of it. But those are like, you're still doing CSS, like CSS to more advanced CSS is still CSS. Is it going to be hard to learn? Yes, but this is a totally other mountain. It's like, I almost feel like I'm in the village outside the castle with my knowledge where I'm, I'm out here still doing my thing, working hard every day, getting, making money, doing my thing. But every time I try to get over the castle, the, the drawbridge comes up and it's like now, now I'm sitting there yelling and screaming, being like, what is going on here? And that drawbridge slowly lowers, you know, and I never get in. It never fully opens, and I never get in. That's like that's honestly how I feel with it. And yes, I could sit here and dedicate my time to learning it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the path for newbies, in my opinion, is I would
2: I would actually say is 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 inappropriate. Like it is not good. The mountain to climb has gotten higher. It was never easy. It has 100% gotten higher, but. What we can do when we climb the mountain has gotten way more. So, the, the argument that I have is that it is almost proportionally higher to the capabilities that you will have at the end. And I'll explain. As a developer, as a front end developer five or six years ago, before React was the thing and before Angular was like the best thing ever, like when this was just starting, when, when it was just starting out. For the most part, how again it would work is you'd have back end teams, front end teams, and you still have that, but like it's become a little bit blurred. If someone were to have like, given me a task of recreate Instagram, okay, recreate it. You said like, and you, Matt, you mentioned this like interactions, the way we use the web hasn't changed since then, for sure. Likes, comments, adding photos, whatever. That's all the same. Like most apps, you can summarize into a to-do list like, like you know what i mean like if you build a to-do list you've built most apps it gets obvious I, i'm i'm oversimplifying right now but adding being able to add tasks being able to add an image to the task be able to log in all that that's the core functionality of apps and that's been the core functionality of apps for probably 10 years now if you were to have asked me to do that 6 years ago i would have struggled to I would have struggled to say yes. I would probably, I would have ninety nine percent said no. I'm, I can't do that, right? Like, they're just—it's not in my capabilities because I'm a JavaScript developer. I really focus on the front end and stuff like that, right? There wasn't this next, there wasn't a Next.js at that point. There wasn't Nuxt or Svelte Kit. As those technologies started to become more mainstream, I was asked to create similar applications to an Instagram. And I started to see the reality of it happening for me. Like as someone that knows the front end, that knows JavaScript, that knows that stuff, right? I was, obviously I was growing in skills as well during that time, but the technology was growing exponentially with me. And as I was learning it, I realized how to utilize this thing to build a, a, a complex system I could only dream of ten, like six years ago, right? So as you're learning these complex concepts and like I really want to hammer down that it is difficult and what you're going through with learning the, the router thing, that's something that everyone has gone through, right? Like everyone has gone through that that moment where they're like, this should be stupidly easy. I, th- I'm literally using a framework. This should be the first thing that I see in the framework. And then they don't see it and then it, it confuses them. That, that's a normal, absolutely normal thing. Whether it should be a normal thing or not, I don't know. Like I, I disagree with that too. But once that's, you that's get to the That's thing the I'm mountain, criticizing. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, exactly. But the, once you climb that mountain, right, you become a much – a lot more opens up to you. So you become – maybe it is an oligarchy, but the oligarchy is open – to not everyone, I, like again, it's, this isn't something that's anyone can pick up and become an expert in, right? Like this isn't, this isn't that. It, I don't know if it ever was that, but it's definitely not that now. It's become too complex for that. It is, the mountain is higher. The requirements are higher. You need to put more effort in to learn it. But once you do learn it, more opportunities to create complex systems opens up to you to then utilize those skills than it would have Six years ago, when maybe it was a little bit of a, a a shorter mountain to climb,
1: I agree with like obviously the frameworks and its capabilities and your capabilities as a developer once you climb the, the thing has gotten higher. The number one thing that I'm complaining about is the transition the it, it's it's the the transition or the journey or the climbing of the mountain and I'm not saying that you know as things get more complex, of course, the chances are of, of the climb being longer, makes sense. And 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 then because it's longer, there's more instances of things to learn, and therefore the chances of you running into problems with one of those things goes up. So therefore the complexity of the learning goes up. My problem is is that a lot of this stuff is just not really documented or not documented in a way in which people would ask the questions. And so you could just say, "Oh, just you know go in there and do whatever, like, you know, you know, just try it and, and you know, you'll figure it out, just struggle your way through it." It's like, "Okay, great." But then I go through it and I get my to-do app working, on the wrong version of Svelte, with a page router I'm not supposed to have, with a server that's configured that isn't actually turning on, that I don't understand what's going on, and then you're running all of your company infrastructure on on technology like this? Now, am I saying that you're running all your company infrastructure on my little to-do app? No. What I'm trying to say is, is that should I really be going toward working on people's complete company infrastructure when I don't understand, not 2% of what I'm doing, but like Maybe 40% of what's going on, I don't understand. And WordPress developers don't really understand all the ins and outs of WordPress. I fully understand that. I don't understand all the ins and outs of WordPress, right? But WordPress is so documented and it's so old and also has, you know, it's a program, so you can reinstall the program. Like, I don't understand how Photoshop works, but I understand how to use Photoshop, right? There's that section. But because these, these tools, like Svelte and Vue and all that, because these are literally the, the it's like, it's like while well, I was working in mega blocks before, and then you handed me Lego. You know what I mean? These are the new building blocks that I'm supposed to be using. And so it's supposed to be like, I'm supposed to be putting these together, but it'd be, be like me saying like, I've never used building bricks before. And for you to be like, well, by the way, this is really crucial and is going to house all of our company's data. NPM, install installing 7,946 dependencies (laughs) I don't know what one of them are like this is serious like this is where I'm at where I'm looking at this from the outside, being like what the hell did this just install and you could say well you know WordPress installs a bunch of stuff too fair enough like there's always been a little bit of this but this is getting out of control like just installing Node it was like I, I don't know how to get Node to work Oh, we got to get NVM. Okay, use NVM. Get NVM to work. Then it's like, oh, NVM is going to be discontinued soon. It's like, oh, my God. Like, now I'm spending time learning the tools to get the tools to turn it on so that it turns on. But I don't even know if I need that because I don't know what Vite is. Like, this is just the baseline thing. And so, like, this is – I'm, I'm serious when I say this. It's like, let, let, let's look at a path of, let's say, a, a WordPress developer. Someone goes in and they say, you know what? I, I want a little extra money. I want to work freelance. I want to work on on a web. I want to work on websites. Even today, this isn't even years ago. This is years ago and today. They figure out how to install WordPress. Maybe they even get WordPress installed on WordPress hosting. They figure out how to install with an with a user interface a page builder plugin. And they figure out plugins and they go and they build their first website. That website's probably going to be a mess. It's probably going to have way too many plugins. It's probably going to have you know, way too many different redundant plugins, even maybe old plugins. Uh, They don't understand how to do the updates. They didn't understand that they had to do updates, but everything is there in front of your face. And you're going to run into those problems. And that's parts that that's a part of learning. And that's not what I'm doing. Their question was never, how do I log in? What's a page? Like, these are such rudimentary questions that are in something like WordPress, right in front of your face. There's a pages menu. There's a plugins menu. And so you might click on that and be like, Oh, I can install like sliders and stuff here. Okay, cool. Well, let me see these pages. I don't like this page builder. Is there a plugin for page building? Like that's the building blocks, right? And then you can look it up and some of might take you down the Elementor path and then might take you down the Beaver page builder path, things like that. But with this stuff, I feel like there is like each of these tutorials are taking me down a path and then it's like, oh, by the way, that's the wrong version of Svelte. Okay. Oh, now my, now my commands are wrong. Okay. going to reverse a little bit more. Oh, okay. That was incorrect completely. Okay. Back here again. It's just, to me, it's just the learning path, like I'm struggling through it and I'll get through it, maybe. And I do say maybe because I might have a heart attack and be dead by the time I get to the top of the hill. But, and I'm serious, like this is, this, how, how is this the learning experience? Would it be acceptable? Would it be acceptable if a college just did this to you? You just had a Svelte class and they were just like, learn Svelte later, teacher takes off. Thanks for the sixteen hundred bucks for this class. Is that okay?
2: No, no, but like the, this it, is different. No, not? Yeah, you're it, climbing it, the hill. Yeah, it's different because that you're paying money for that. And, and to be fair, colleges do do that a lot. Yeah, that, that is fair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you'll pay twenty thousand dollars a year, and the teacher will take off or something like that does happen in colleges as well. And or it'll be worse. They'll be teaching you spell one, and I'm. That's an example like an example, but like oh, that is
1: though.
2: most likely the case, in fact. Like you'll 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 get to college and you'll learn something old. And the argument that I have with that is that I don't think it matters. I don't think you should care about what version of the thing you're doing that you learned. If it's working, it doesn't matter. The problem comes, and this is where I agree with you, Matt. That a lot of times updates come and they break stuff. And then when you're looking for solutions, they'll be talking to an old version or a new version. And that's happening more and more now across all frameworks. Mm -hmm. So it happened with React in terms of class-based versus hooks. Mm -hmm. It's happening again with React with regular components and server components. They're completely different paradigms, right? It happened with Vue, where it went from uh, composition API and/or the the options API. I can't remember the composition API, options API. There was a difference there. It's happening now in Svelte with runes versus what we have right now. Like every, it happened in Angular with Angular one to Angular two. Like every single one of these frameworks will go through these paradigm shifts that change the way you do things. Usually, and I want to make this clear, usually for the better. Okay. All of these changes that I just mentioned are usually the right change. But what happens is when you're getting into it, troubleshooting without the context of the entire history of a framework becomes extremely difficult when you're new. When you A, don't know the jargon. B, again, you haven't learned the history of whatever you're doing. And at this point, I'm like, learn the history. like. When you're learning Svelte, learn what Svelte 3 to 4 was and Svelte 4 to 5 was. Then you'll have a better context. But like, yeah, you're you're essentially taking a history class at that point. And
1: well, like, like learn it in what way though? Like learn literally the syntax? Like go in and install Svelte 1 and build an app in it? <laughs> no, no. Because if, as Just, a beginner, if I
2: read that, I'm not going to know what the heck is going on. Most times when you go from one framework to another or one, one version to another, there will be a migration guide that will tell you the breaking changes. Right? Like there's a there's on the Svelte website, there's a three to four migration guide that will tell you A how to migrate in terms of like what command to use to update and B what won't work anymore.
1: And and hang on, does it tell you about all the errors that'll that that I'm a hundred percent will show up when you type in that first command that upgrade it'll be like error zero four six eight seven eight six four seven? Have you tried reinstalling Windows and then restarting (laughs) the entire
2: project from zero? Maybe not, maybe not. But Having a context of what broke and what didn't, when you have issues, is important because it's becoming more complex. Like the, like you mentioned, Matt, like stuff is becoming more complex. On top of that, stuff is evolving rapidly towards a better direction, but it's also like more complex. Like it, it's just – it's becoming harder because the older stuff is no longer as relevant. So – it's always going to be a give and take when, when progress is happening at the speed that it's happening and it's happening really fast right now, right? Like d- developer experience and developer tooling is now a billion dollar industry. Vercel proved that Vercel is now a billion dollar company because of the fact that they are a billion dollar company. All other companies started to be like, whoa, we should be improving developer tooling. And now there's just this gold rush of making developer tools and oh, expanding frameworks and making other tools and libraries and framework. Like, it's just – there's a gold rush. So what you're struggling with right now, Matt, is like you're in a time when on one hand, it's the best time ever. And on the other hand, it's the worst time ever because the mountain is higher.
1: What is this, building a computer every time I go build a computer? This yes. is the worst Possible time for graphics <laughs> cards. Then I go to build a computer next year. What are you doing, you idiot? This is the worst possible time for CPUs. And you Correct. go, okay, I'll do it next year. What are you doing? The RAM is on fire. The price is a sky high. It's like,
2: yes, come on. And, uh, but but this is why people just say you have to go through it and struggle through it. And, and it's a shitty thing to say. I agree with that. But like, what's the alternative? The alternative is like, no, don't don't become a web developer. Right, like that is the alternative. Like if if you're if you're going through it and every point of it is pure and utter hatred, is there, you know, like at that point you have to start weighing it. Like what you have to really and unfortunately embrace is, like this is going to be a grind, and you're going to run into a billion brick walls, and it, yeah, like that. That's just it. And th- th- There is no solution for it. Like Matt and I were talking about like how would we solve this before? And I'm curious like if if you've thought of something. But like for me, yes, I would create a course that would take you from zero to framework developer and teach you the fundamentals, right? But as soon as I create that course, weeks away, one of those dependencies that I talked about will have changed something, right? It happened to me. Like I created this felt course, felt 3. It upgraded to Svelte 4. In fact, after I created my Svelte course, I'm pretty sure like a month later, one of the things that I talked about was different and someone pointed it out and they're like, you should change it. Like and it it will it, keep happening. Like no matter what you do in this space right now, it's moving at such speed that we can't create something that will encompass a way to get from point A to point B without any friction anytime soon.
0: It well, will know Something really,
1: really scary about that though?
2: Yep, go ahead. Do you,
1: know, do you know what we're working towards if we continue on this path? AI is going to replace us because it's going to become so complex and so crazy. We're not going to be able to keep up with every single dependency ever. And then it's going to become an absolute disaster. Like this is the th- like you and I, Mike, have talked about being on call, like – because it's like if you're as a web developer, people, if they notice their website sound, will just absolutely freak out and call you and whatever. And I have two <laughs> separate phones for this reason. Because like if I'm d- trying to do something and I'm getting phone calls from so someone's like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do, I do? Oh my God. And that's literally some of the phone calls you get is people absolutely freaking out. And it's like I can't be available 24-7, 365. But like if we're building things on this, what I'm going to call a house of cards that keeps shifting and moving around. And I, and in one swallow, foul swoop, something can go and knock a whole level out the the question is what is there 24/7 365 with no emotion that just goes and executes what it's supposed to do and that is an artificial intelligence
2: yep yep i mean what well, part of it it will I'll part or a lot and we'll talk about this in the next uh, episode so stay tuned some of it will be replaced by ai i 100% agree i think like on call talk about on call that's the perfect use case for ai no more on call devs they'll triage like they'll get you'll you'll they'll talk to the AI, the AI will have entire context on your entire infrastructure
0: and all, all times. the common
2: issues. It will be able to answer if there was a downtime, exactly. Like if there is a downtime in one of your providers. So like if Amazon's down or Google's down, whatever you're using as your server, or it will be able to contact the right person on the team that will be responsible for the thing that's down right like it, it it can triage everything and it will there's no doubt in my mind that this is already happening like it's already being built i want to say so like 100% as as we get more complex ai will take over more and more positions and but to be fair it's going to happen to the simple stuff too like the simple the simple industries are going to get eaten by ai and our industry will probably get slowly chipped away at by ai i don't think it'll be completely gone for a little while at least mm-hmm. um but then other industries outside of coding are going to be gone. Like AI is a, AI is a whole other, like we, we can spend another 10 hours talking about where that's going. But like, yes, it's right now, it is a little bit of a crapshoot. I, I want to end on something, uh, because like we're already at the hour mark and we can, we can talk about this for another hour or two for sure. But my thought is like, it is a crapshoot. You, what you're experiencing right now, Matt, is the crapshoot, right? Like, is the crapshoot. Is there anything we can do about it as individual content creators? Probably, right? Like while you're experiencing this crapshoot, you should be making content around the crapshoot, like around like how you got through these problems, what you experienced, like why you went down the pages stuff. Like that stuff is probably valuable for a lot of people. But overall, overarchingly, there is nothing we can do to solve the problem of the web evolving too quickly. That's my thought.
1: So then let me ask you this is like we're we we realistically do a lot of educational content for devs. Is there just no path forward? Is it just go into the trenches and you just you just figure it out and 90% of the time you won't, you'll fail, and then goodbye, and only the 10% get through? Like, is that the pathway
2: that we're trying to lay out? No, like we're not trying to lay that out. Right, like we're not actively trying to limit ninety percent of people from entering the industry, and that's a made-up number, by the way. I don't know if that's real. Yeah, but But like from from my point of view, is that it's it's probably pretty high. Like the percent is pretty high for people not making it through. And I I, like I'm just being a realist right now. I want to be very clear with our audience. Like you can make it. I have talked to a lot of people. We have shared on our on our Twitter all the success stories. But what we don't share and because we just don't get them because people don't talk to us about it is the failures, right? So there is always going to be a chance of not making it through. And you have to understand that when you're trying to get in, uh, cause it's not easy. Like there's no way that this is an easy thing to do to, to get break into tech, to become a web developer and join like a, a Fortune 500 company or whatever, right? Or, or become a freelancer even. It's not easy, so I'm I'm afraid that the number is closer to closer to what Matt said than what we want it to be. That's what I'm afraid of. Um, as as content creators, what we do is we, if we want to provide any anything, is just continually create courses, and. Hopefully some of our audience will evolve with the courses that we have and maybe we can increase that percent by a couple percent. You know like what I mean? Like we can move the needle a little bit. There's no way as individuals or anyone really we could move the needle by enough of what we would want. That's the problem.
1: So we're doomed. Well I, we're doomed. Is that like like the the end it, of the road is that it's just some, gonna keep getting harder. So the best time to start is now and
2: and we're doomed. No <laughs> like uh, I actually don't think it's gonna keep keep getting harder. I think at some point there will be a plateau. We're already getting there in some instances. So like a lot of the frameworks, if you're looking at like the history again, they started from different le- different areas of like, we want to do it this way. We want to do it this way. We want to do it this way. All very different. We're kind of converging. All the frameworks are now becoming kind of like, hey, we figured out the way. <laughs> like This is the way to do it properly, right? Like, Svelte, uh, and, and some people will hate me saying this, but the Svelte Runes is very similar to the view composition API, which is also similar kind of to hooks or more accurately, like signals, right? Which is literally where Svelte Runes got its inspiration from. So all these, all these frameworks are taking inspiration from each other now. All the best parts are being put into each framework. At the end of the day, how I see it, There will probably be one kind of like standard thing that everyone uses, and it will become more streamlined in the sense that, like, this isn't going to change much as much anymore. I think we're in the process of change, which will then plateau. That's what I think. But But do you think the
1: demands will continue to grow, though, which would then, which would then shift? The foundation because you were saying how the demands are increasing even though like the input methods and whatever are still relatively the same with maybe vr on the horizon although it's like always seems to be on the horizon and doesn't seem to get any closer um like is it is that a question where is the are the demands going to continue to increase to the point where there is no plateau because it can't plateau
2: yeah i mean possibly but like yeah i, I don't know i i think you're right. If if the demand's increase and all of a sudden pivot to something that we can't, we're not even thinking of right now, then the methodologies to create those, to cre- to create the, the the products are going to change. So therefore, another framework will come out that will be able to do this specifically well or something like that. Right? Like, if that is continues to be the case, then no, like you're right. It'll continue to become harder and harder and harder. Um, in which case, it will eventually become something that's on a table for 99% of people to get there, right? Like maybe that's where we're going. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, we can't predict the future. Maybe AI can, and it could save us, but, um, or it could, you know, unemploy us all. And then we can just dick around and do nothing all day, which is what I'm waiting for, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully.
1: <laughs> I all like this, this, this turned in, this turned into, or this, this episode started as I don't like how the tutorials are, and how like the the learning process is, I should say, to to get into frameworks, and now it's just
2: like, yeah, we're all doomed. It's over. I mean, I wouldn't say doomed. I would, I still like if there's a way for it to happen without us all just dying of starvation. I kind of okay with that. Like, some point we want to stop working, right? Like, you want to retire? I'm I, not going to retire. Like like that out the that, table right now. That's the problem. Is like I think our mindset is that. Our, our generation will never retire due to the financial situation, right? Like, I've we been have taught no choice. this since
1: elementary school. So, yeah,
2: we have no choice to not retire, but like, wouldn't it be nice if we just could retire and you could just sit there and play your backlog of video games and travel the world or travel your country or something? Like,
1: I'm gonna go what? die. I'm gonna die on the machine that I'm operating. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. Whether on the server
2: like, farm that's powering the AI that took your job, yeah.
1: Yeah, but, uh, either on the server or on some <laughs> sort of factory job or in a car or at the computer. Um, that's that's where I'm going to be just, ugh! And it's going to be like, get, and it's not, they're not even going to call me by name. It's like, unit 107 has no pulse. Please move 107 out. 107 <laughs> relief. Please insert 107 <laughs> relief. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The most unceremonious way to die in the post-apocalyptic future of AI taking all of our jobs (laughs) and not giving us anything in return. (laughs) You're just a cog in the
1: machine. I'm 107 and that's it. (laughs) Goddamn. I don't know how we got here from, hey, it's hard to learn frameworks in web development, but I don't know. This was a very off the cuff episode. Uh, obviously, we didn't have any notes or anything. We had notes for an AI episode, actually, funny enough. So I guess we can transition into that next week. But we had notes for an AI episode, and then him and like Mike and I got to talking because I was I was saying like how again how ridiculous it is that. I'm not trying to do something complex, not even as complex as like reading an RSS feed, which isn't even all that complex. I'm quite literally trying to add a page and he gets stuck at that stage and it's sort of like, why would, why is that difficult? Like on WordPress, I can just look that up and it would tell me, and maybe I would struggle and not know where the button is exactly, but I know that the button exists. So
2: can I just, can I just say something that I just did for, for whatever reason? I just needed the image in my head. I wrote. A prompt into dally three which is like an image generator
1: oh no generate
2: an image of a farmer that's working in a server farm rather than a traditional farm
1: and then it just draw me photorealistic
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it drew it drew a person like actually watering crops inside of a server farm with like grow lights and like their servers all around i could see it happening is it weird that i think like it could happen i don't know I don't know why, but like the, a lot of energy goes into server farms. Maybe we just use those for growing the, our vegetables now too. Screw it.
1: I don't even know <laughs> so how that would even.
2: I don't know, but I'll send you a copy of this image. It's it, it's kind of surreal. We it's should weird. we should
1: tweet it out or whatever on the day of the podcast release. Oh, it's
2: a good idea, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna save it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you so if it, you if you've listened to it this far watch for the tweet and comment on the tweet that you've listened to it this far because we know that you're as deranged as we are. Yeah. <laughs> I've, the saddest part about all this
1: is that every time I go to learn anything, anything, like web development especially, but anything, it's always a struggle. But I, web development is the one thing that I feel like I never progress in and I work in, which is probably not good. Now, obviously, I'm still learning and working in the traditional small to medium business stuff. As per the usual, I'm not using WordPress 1.0. Let's be clear. But I absolutely am like just hitting a roadblock of like, how the hell do I progress here? Almost like my golf game. But anyway, that's the episode. (laughs) Uh, If you want to support episodes like this and you want to make sure that I don't become unit 107 and I die at my keyboard. Remember, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital and blueblackdigital.com. Or uh, excuse me, Tim from The Web Hacker and thewebhacker.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. Magnus from YesWeb via yeso.se. Jeff from Twitter via atthejeffficale. Fire and Season via fireandseason.com. Gunner Burnett via gunnerburnett.com. Watoto Coding via WatotoCoding.com. Garrett go Level Up Financial Planning via www.levelupfinancialplanning.com. And remember, we also have a scrimble link if you want to learn web development with an interactive media player code editor. You can go check that out. Link will be uh, – an our affiliate link, excuse me, will be in the show description if your podcast app supports hyperlinks. If it does not, it will be on htmlallthethings.com check it out there and as a final thing I'd like to give uh, Michael LaRocca a shout out he's a contributing author on HTML all the things Michael is the author of the self taught the X generation blog at self feel free to leave a comment or review on the platform you're listening to this on and this outro for the last time by a human is signing off
0: <laughs> you've been listening to HTML all the things podcast Signing off.